Welcome to Dig and Dive with David, where curiosity is learning. Thank you for joining today. If you like the show, please share and subscribe so you never miss an episode. And now presenting your host, David Dan Singh. Tonight I sit down with Christian hip-hop artist uh, and musician Phil Darko, who is a native of uh, Toronto, Ontario. Phil started music at a very young age, listening to rappers like Jay-Z, 50 Cent, and Cassidy, until the gospel was preached out to him. That is when he decided to write music from a gospel-centered worldview. What's happening, Phil? Welcome to the show. What's up, David? Glad to be here. Hey, uh, it's uh, we're catching up again after a very long time, um, and... I believe it's been five, I think it's six years, uh, six or seven years, uh, the last time when I saw you. I know you were a man on a mission. You were uh, you were a man on a mission at that point, at some point. <laughs> and this was like, this guy's going to do something great. But you yeah. are. Um, well, uh, welcome to the show again. And I can't thank you enough uh, for coming over. Um, what, do you, what do you like to do for fun, uh, Phil? Yeah, well, thanks so much for having me. Um, even though I am... I love hip hop. I love making music. It seems like I really like tech. Um, but in fact, I love the opposite. I love biking. I love hiking. <laughs> I like bacon. I like cooking. Bacon? Really? Um, yeah. I'm like an outdoorsy kind of guy. I love nature, but I'm the guy who would go out to nature and like put my AirPods in and listen to music. Like I like being there, uh, but I also like to be in wide spaces, but also feel secluded like feel to myself in that in those opportunities so i love hiking with music on um, which is why i went to alberta uh two years ago so me and my brother would hike um and listen to music on the way um and i love anime and i love listening to sermons um so i like podcasting um i like listening to podcasts and i like uh cartoons i like action um yeah so uh if I'm not hiking, I'm watching something. I'm not watching something. I'm cooking something, basically. Awesome. Hey, so you said you were in. Uh, you said you were in Alberta. What uh, you said? How do you like it here? Yeah, I love Alberta. Uh, I was in Calgary at the time, so my brother and hmm. I uh, took vacation two years ago before COVID and all that stuff. Um, we spent a week. We rented a car on Turo. We, uh, a friend let us stay at her house. Um, we bought groceries for the week, and every day we went hiking. Uh, there was a day when we went twice. Like one day we'll go to Lake Louise, one, then we'll come back. We'll go to Jasper. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a fun week and ended off with a rest day to explore and appreciate Calgary. We went to the library. So just like a really cool experience that, you know, we just went on an adventure on our own. And uh, by God's grace, no bear attacks. Oh. We saw goats. We saw bears. You, um, you saw bears. Wow. We saw baby. We saw baby brown bears mm-hmm. um, on our way home. We saw giant rainbows. Um, we saw deer. It was really nice. Um, and the mountain goats are kind of cool to see too. We got to see them climb up a mountain, which was mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. You know, I've been here for two and a half years. I haven't seen a single uh, grizzly bear or black bear. Um, I guess when it is the, when <laughs> it's the moment, it is a moment, you know, you, you, mm-hmm. when you get to see it, you, you, you get to see it. Um, and, uh, I think my moment is not here yet. So I think it'll be a surprise. Who knows? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Hey Phil, um, tell me about, 
your creative side in music. How did you start? Uh, how do you start and what inspires you to write? Yeah, so um, I guess I have like two sides when it comes to making music. There's like the reactive approach to music. Then there's the proactive approach to music. Um, I love I love both. Uh, sometimes I'll just be walking down the street, I'll hear something. Or someone will send me an instrumental and I'll hear something. And I'm reacting to what I hear. And a song just comes in my head. Um, and it kind of feels like the song is telling me what it wants me to do. Um, and in those situations, I don't have to do much effort or work because the beat is guiding me. Um, and then when I rap, I'm, I'm not really rapping words yet. I first start off with a melody. Like, how do I want my raps to kind of flow? Do I, you know, uh, yeah. So like, I'll hear the beat, hear a melody, I'll make a melody. And then as the melody goes, I'm developing syllables and how I want the syllables to be sectioned in parts of the song. And then I'll get words um, or sounds first before the words like, Oh, I want to, I want a word that ends with mm, like ing or, or um, swole, like uh, an O word. And then I'll start writing words to fit in those spots. Um, the other side is like, I just have an idea and I now need to find the beats, find a producer to match and create what I have in my head. And that's the harder approach to making songs. Um, and it's, you need a good producer who kind of understands you to, to do that. So like songs like Red Ink, that was me being proactive. I, I had the idea, I had the vision, then I had to go find a producer. Most High was the same way. Um, however, when it came to like a song like Dreams or Right of Way or Not All Heroes Were Capes, that was reactive. I heard the beat and then all the words came to me. Uh, so I didn't have to do much work on those songs. So that's kind of like how it goes uh, with me when it comes to songwriting. I know all artists have very different approaches to how they make, make their songs. Yeah, it's very interesting how how you come up uh, with the with the cre with the creative uh, process of music. Um, so you sit down, um, you start, uh, you know, thinking about uh, the the beats, I guess, right? Uh, and then um, and then you uh, think of words to put into uh, the the beats, and that's uh, that's your process for most of the songs uh, that you write. Right. Yeah, that's very interesting. Um, Phil, uh, tell me, uh, tell me about your begin beginnings. Uh, let's start with the beginning to your childhood, ministry, education, and college. Because I'm waiting to hear that from you. Uh, okay. I've been waiting for a long time, and uh, just wanted to hear that from your from from you. Yeah, so I it's kind of started off with my parents. They're from Ghana, um, so I'm an African Canadian. Um, I was born here in Toronto. Um, and I was in, I lived in Toronto with my family till I was 10. Um, so when I was 10, we moved to Brampton, Ontario. Um, and that's when things, um, that's when hip hop kind of entered into my life. Um, so when I was about in middle school, um, you know, if the kids are watching this, um, I was given a Walkman from one of my friends. And it was one CD, a mixtape with all these artists on it. Uh, so like 50 Cent, Jada Kiss, Cassidy, Eminem, 
um, Little Wayne even. I always skipped the Little Wayne song, so I just wasn't a fan <laughs> of him. Yeah. Um, Jay-Z. So I would just hear these songs on rotation going to and from school, but mm. I would hide the Walkman from my parents because oh. I knew that they don't like hip-hop because I lived in a Christian home, right? So, you know, I'm hearing God's word on Sunday, but then I'm hearing like uh, many men by 50 Cent uh, from Monday <laughs> to Friday. Uh, so yeah, I had a little double life and music was like my escape. Um, and so as I got older in high school, um, went through some things and hip hop was like that place where I can escape from the world and kind of be in this spot where I felt like I was listening to people who had the same story as me. Um, and then it got to a point where like, you know what, maybe I should try. And I would write down lyrics, but like, I didn't have the spirit in me to like write rap about like women and cars and money and guns when like my life was not like that. Um, and I couldn't swear, like I just didn't have that same conviction. Um, and in high school, um, a friend, um, you know, I had two Christian friends. They pursued me everywhere. Like they were all in all my classes. They shared the gospel with me every single day. Um, but they knew I loved hip hop. And they were like, how about you listen to Christian rap? I'm like, Christian rap? What the heck is that? Um, and so they, so then my, I, he kept bothering me, kept sharing the gospel with me. And I was like, you know what? Give me one good Christian rap song and I'll delete all my secular hip hop music. And he goes, okay. And so he gives me a song um, and the song was called Overrated by Show Baraka. So I listened to this song. I'm like, whoa, like the song is basically about like all the things you want to chase in life. Uh, they will never satisfy um, what you're truly looking for, though you don't want to admit it is God. And he's the only one who will satisfy you. Everything else is overrated. Um, and so this song was like, it mind blown me. And so then that led me. So I kept my promise. I hopped on LimeWire, deleted all my music, uh, gave back the Walkmans. Um, that, I think at that time we had iPod touches. Um, so I was deleting all that stuff. And yeah, I started asking for Christian music. I started opening my Bible, asking for a Bible, bringing my Bible to school. Um, I wrote my first Christian rap song. Everyone said it was garbage and trash. I should never Christian rap. Um, and yeah, God saved me in that time. Um, and that led me to make music. Um, and then because of that, I went to school and that's what led me to Fanshawe. And I took the music, music industry arts program. And after Fanshawe, I found I was in this place of, I need something to support me so that I can do music. Cause I don't want to work a crappy job and then write bars on the side. Like I want to have something good that I'm proud of, but also uses my gifts because I do want to serve people. And so that led me to go into uh, social work. Um, so I'm a social service worker, group homes. I work at schools. I work with uh, developing group programs. Um, so it's kind of, I'm bouncing between those two things and, and music, but I also love my church and um, served in my church's youth ministry it's like youth ministry, social work, um, music. They seem to all kind of blend together. 
Um, and the church offered me a job. Um, so I'm their youth leader. Um, I lead, I teach, um, and develop leaders and all those things have been blended in together, which God knew what he was doing, uh, from the second I got that Walkman. Um, <laughs> but I would never have planned that, you know, my experience with social work, uh, my love and creation for music and my love for kids and the church would all kind of mix together. Um, so. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. Kind of my story in a nutshell. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. You said because uh, in my time, um, we I used to have that uh, those cassette Walkmans, yeah. um, and uh, and then uh, I think uh, uh, that's when I never had a CD Walkman because uh, I think that came after that uh, mm-hmm. after the cassette and uh, yeah. the CD Walkman uh, got a little bit more popular. So yeah, so it's really inspiring, uh, you know, inspiring to hear what uh, uh, from your beginnings uh, to college um, and how you went through that phase. Um, Middle Child Records, how did you come up with that name? (laughs) Funny way that name was caught up, like uh, my homies and I, you know, it was Boxing Day and Anthony always wanted to make a label um, and we were in the store and my brother was involved in this process as well. So um, they would just look at something and be like, you know what? Um, Expo Records, <laughs> which is like the name <laughs> of the, the, this uh, whiteboard marker, wall records, t-shirt records, earphone records, like what sounds cool. Um, we were just shoe, shoe records. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, we were very, just picking random names. And then somewhere during the, the conversation in the mall and at home, um, we were like, you know what? We're all middle children. Like I'm in the middle of two brothers. Anthony is in the middle of a brother and sister. Daniel's in the middle of a brother and sister maybe we should be called middle child records because that's kind of unique. Like, um, and yeah, so it just rolled off the tongue. It, I love the family kind of um, aspect. Um, so I'm like, yeah, I love like God's made us his children. Um, we're all middle children. We want family um, in this house um so yeah we went with middle child records and it was the best decision <laughs> that we made <laughs> yeah it's a it's a cool uh cool name there uh how'd you how did you meet anthony uh so the funny thing is like anthony and daniel both live in brampton but we met in london <laughs> so i went to school for music industry arts same with anthony daniel did tv broadcasting and the school has a chaplain um, and a chaplain center is kind of where students can um, meet the school pastor and you know, get that religious faith counsel and guidance, have a place to pray and practice their faith on school campus. Um, similar to like chaplains who are brought in, in wards and stuff and support soldiers. Um, the same principle happens with students and air, at the airport as well. Um, 
so yeah, so like at this chaplain center, all the Christians kind of gathered at that spot. And um, I met Anthony and Daniel there. And as I got to know them, found out they lived in Brampton. Anthony lived in like five minutes away from me. Daniel lived in like half an hour away from me. So random, but God knew what he was doing. Um, and then we got to know each other, hang out with one another, make music together. Um, and, you know, we're still friends to this day. Yeah, that's interesting. Because I, I, I met... Um... I met you at the at the same place, and that's where I got introduced to um, Anthony uh, as well. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. um, so that's how Metal Child Records, uh, what you know, came um, was introduced. Did you think that it? Did you think Metal Child was because you guys are all Middle Child, uh, and that's how? Okay, that's awesome. Yeah. Wow. Um, Phil, tell me, uh, tell me about what or who inspired you to, uh, to, actually, uh, to be a musician? Mm. So I would say I had a teacher in high school called uh, Mr. Not called, but his name was Mr. Lou Williams. And he was the one who mentioned to me, um, you know, Fanshawe has this program. Um, and it's more on the tech side of music because I was in the music program. I was on our jazz band, concert band, um, played the sax. But then when I started loving rap, I started using a school studio. So even some friends of mine would be in the studio booth all day um, and after school <laughs> until like 6 p.m. Um, and I think his counsel and advice was what made me choose that program um and that kind of helped pave the way um but i think the inspiration was that first song i heard uh, overrated and when i got saved and so i was like if i can be changed and get to know jesus from someone making a song I want someone else to have that same experience. I want someone else to turn off their secular music and listen to Christian music that actually, you know, hits harder. Um, I want them to, instead of going to murder and death and um, pride and arrogance um, to escape, they're actually going to like theology and comfort and guidance and counsel instead um, and encouragement. Um, So yeah, that's, I just want to make music because I really love encouraging and discipling um, other people. Yeah. Uh, so was he uh, your mentor at that point or is that when you um, got inspired by him and, you, you know, he was mentoring you through the process? Yeah. Like uh, I guess he had an eye on me and what I was doing. And so like he would like just nudge some gems of wisdom. So it was like an informal mentorship, but he's definitely the reason uh, why I went into music industry arts. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And he was also my reference as well. Wow, wow. Your latest album was out in 2020, uh, Heartburn 3, uh, which is amazing, by the way. Yes. Could, you, could you tell me uh, a, little bit, a little bit about that? Yeah, so... Um, it's kind of like an idea that begins to take uh, 
more shape and clarity as time went on. So I got saved. I was 17 in school. I'm like, I'm gonna make a project. And so I made Heartburn One. So the idea with that was like, I'm on fire for Jesus. My heart is secure in Christ. I love him. This is what makes my heart beat. And so on the Heartburn One cover, it's like all these elements that inspire me or motivate me that are actually in my heart. It's like music, the Bible, um, poetry, um, like the elements of hip hop, um, those things that move my heart. Um, and so, uh, but fundamentally what moves my heart is, is God, um, the one who made it. So um, that was the idea with Heartburn 1. And then it kind of began to evolve with Heartburn 2 um, where I was looking at scripture and seen in Luke uh, 24, where, you know, Jesus gives to disciples the gospel, teaches them about the scriptures and their hearts were burning. Like they had conviction and fire from what they heard. So I'm like, that lines up with heartburn. And that's, I guess, I didn't even know that scripture existed at the time, but that's exactly my heart towards um, why it is I did what I did. And so Harper and two began to shape more of like this. Um, um, I'm still on fire for Jesus, but he is the source of that conviction that continues to be um, rekindled and that we want to be secured in, in him. Um, and then Harper and three, uh, still the same thing, but it's more of like, yeah, I'm still that same guy who I had heartburn one and just loves Jesus, but I've been through some rodeos. I've been through some stuff. There's some maturity that's gone on. There's, there's some mellowing that's happened. Like uh, it's not like a fire has dimmed, but like the fire has, you know, broken down the logs on the flame and continues to burn. And it's like a maturing um, fire pit for a lack of better words. Um, so I do sound more grown up in, in, in that project. And that's just because Heartburn 1, I was 17. Heartburn 3, I'm 27. Um, and uh, yeah, so it was nice to kind of experiment with different sounds and cadences. And yeah, I truly enjoyed um, making that project to finish the trilogy. So there will not be a Heartburn 4. <laughs> Which is actually my next question. Is there going to be a Heartburn 4? Um, so you've collaborated yeah. with a few artists uh, in the past, um, uh, namely uh, Anthony uh, and uh, Daniel, I believe. Uh, there's also Jojo. Um, uh, can you tell me, when you approached them, uh, how did you, uh, how did you guys come with something, you know, so unique? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So for me, um, I only want to make music with your friend, with my friends. Um, I think I forgot where I saw this, probably an anime or TV show, but it was like food tastes the best with your friends. Um, and I try to apply that same thing with music. So if I make music with people, I, I want to do it with my friends. If I do it with anyone else, it's a business transaction. It's not, it's not a relationship that has transcended into credence together. Um, so a lot of the music that I make with people, I seek to actually build a relationship with them. 
Um, and so Jojo was in school with us. Um, so I got to know Jojo, great, awesome girl. We still talk. Um, she has been on all my projects. She's been on Harper and one, two, and three. Um, but because we're friends, I can just call Jojo and be like, yo, Jojo, I got this song. What do you think? She goes, yeah, let me know what you want me to sing. And, and we work, we work that way. And she does things in her own style. I supply like lyrics. She would even change some things. Um, Anthony, like I trust him. Like, um, I always want to, I feature artists who I think are better than me. I feature artists who I think can do something that I can't, um, so if I make a song with someone else, it's going to sound very different because I don't want to find someone who's just like me to be on a song with me. Um, yeah, and I really love trying to be creative and experiment out of the box. Like, I like to go back to my music and hear that all the songs don't sound the same. Like, I can look like, oh, yeah, Phil was experimenting here. or But then you can still spot, like, what does Phil really like to do in... in um, my music so yeah features are an opportunity to expand my borders and stretch what I'm able to do and I think that's what grows you as an artist and uh, when you so when you come uh, when you collaborate with them um the pro- obviously the the process takes a long time sitting down uh, talking um and coming up with a plan with the lyrics um and then uh, to actually produce a song and just put it out there uh, on social media. Um, how much of uh, how much effort uh, it, does it, because uh, it's Heartburn 3, did you, uh, was it released in a month or how, how long did that take? So with Heartburn 3, some songs were like... Um... I believe, uh, uh, did it take, you know, months that you've been preparing for? Uh, was it years? Because uh, you've been writing, uh, you know, on and off, uh, I believe. So, yeah. So, um, some songs were the lyrics were written like years ago, um, but then I found new production. Um, some of the songs were written like a month ago, um, and because the project has this perspective of this is just where I am in my stage of life. Um, it's going to feel like you're walking through my mind and kind of like what it, it's just going on in, in my life. Um, so there are songs that like, for example, dreams, which is uh, one of my personal favorites because I always try to have a song on my project that, you know, if you gave me a mic, what would, what's the first thing I would say? Um, what's, what's Phil's kind of main running, uh, phrases that I would say uh that's that's what you'll get on dreams that's what you'll get on change of heart that's what you'll get on dark Coast decree um so I always want to have songs that you know just say it as as it is where I'm at um and I had that those lyrics written like years ago um red ink came to me a month before the project was done um most high probably about six months uh prior labor day um that was like two months prior um so yeah, it's kind of like a smorgasbord of of my heart, uh, but then they all had to be reshaped and um, tweaked as it got closer to the project to make things sound um, succinct. Yeah, that's very interesting. So obviously, it did take 
some time there to sit down with the, you know, with the lyrics and the music um, and there. Because um, uh, I know, Hart, did you, uh, Hartman too, uh, also did have uh, some coll- collaborations with uh, with other artists. Uh, what's your thoughts? Uh, what was your process on that one? Yeah, so um, as I was making some songs, um, Harper and Two probably has the most features that I have, and I just wanted, uh, you know, as much help as I could in order to make the song the best it can be. Um, so, you know, every artist that I featured kind of brought the song to a new level of light. Yeah, uh, which was really encouraging to have. Even I featured my pastor on one of my songs. So Harper too, the the person in the beginning is my pastor, um, who wrote a little devo based on Luke twenty four. Um, yeah, every song in that project has a feature, except for uh, the last song, Hell Yes mm-hmm. Heavens No. Um, so yeah, Harper two was probably one of my most experimental projects, um, especially with like Geppetto, with like, with like a rock. Um, hip hop approach, loose heart was like a pop yeah. approach. Um, <clears throat> yeah, but and parachutes was like a trap approach. So I did experiment a lot with with that project. Yeah, and features um, and other people being involved in the creative process really helps me expand in in those areas. So um, yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's very good, very nice. Uh, do you uh, feel? Do you think uh, that uh, Christian hip hop is becoming uh, becoming more popular in the West? Uh, could you tell me your thoughts on uh, on that? Yeah, for sure. Um, it is getting more popular, but the which is a good and bad thing. Like I think a good the I'll start with the bad. The bad thing is that when I got introduced to hip Christian rap, it was in its little corner, so it was really easy to see what is Christian rap and what I can expect from it and how it can help me. Um, so Christian rap really helped me. It really helped me memorize scripture. It really helped me think about God because um, they're very explicit in, in what they're saying. Um, the good thing that was happening with Christian hip hop um, was that um, because the sound has changed and become more like regular hip hop. And because the content is not so explicit, it's allowed many people to kind of invest and swarm into the industry um, that are faith-based. Um, and I think that's amazing. So like I could, I could show people rappers and they don't even, they won't even know they're Christian, but at least be provoked to think more than like guns and drugs and money and sex but it's also not like repent and believe in the gospel. It's like this middle ground of like, we're encouraging, speaking the truth and love, speaking kindly, gentle for in some cases, but it's just positive music that is intended to stir the affection or, 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 or lead you to think outside of what our culture normally, you know, wants to portray. So I do think it's going in a good direction and it's made things a lot easier for new and upcoming artists to be recognized, not just Christians, but by the secular industry as well. Yeah. Because interesting you said that, and uh, you know, there, uh, 
because there are so many other genres of music and you chose uh you chose uh christian music christian hip-hop um which which i feel is growing out here in the west um um how have you come across people uh um who have given you a feedback about your music that you didn't expect? Mm, yeah. I would say even in like my friend circles, like there are music I make that is very experimental and people are like, uh, Phil, I don't think you should do that song. And what you're trying to accomplish with this song um, on and through because I'm very rigid. If I have an idea, I'll continue to run with it um, and run it to the ground. And if I like it, um, it will continue. If I don't, then I'll, I'll pull. Yeah. Um, so I think a lot of people, like I haven't received much feedback negative when I have conversations of this music. Um, people are, Ooh, that's interesting or, but good feedback, both, both, uh, in the process and after, but, yeah. uh, where I guess the opportunity for pushback seems to happen with me is in the creative process of, of music. And, how important do you think uh, it is uh, to evolve your music from time to time? I think it's important to evolve as a musician, but I think it's also to also I think it also to also. I think it's I think it's uh, good to also be consistent. So you kind of want to create your own sound and then adapt to the culture. Um, but if all you're doing is adapting to the culture, then you're going to sound like everybody else. If you sound like everybody else, I'd rather just listen to somebody else um, who has developed their own sound. So uh, you do want to be distinct uh, and find out how you can be distinct. I had a very hard time as an artist very early on how to be distinct. Like I love Jay-Z, I love Cassidy, um, but I just couldn't find how to use my own voice for the best potential. So I think for me, it was figuring out like, when does my voice sound the best? How, and and how, how do I get there? Um, and that's where I was able to be more confident with how I sounded as an artist, even in speaking in general. And yeah, so I, I evolve in a sense where I try new instrumentals, I try new production, I try new cadences, um, I try new effects, but the tone and delivery and the consistency and the fluctuations that make me me that stays the same and that's how people will remember me um and see the consistency and and what i create yeah i think this has to do a lot with uh music uh generation as well because uh, if i'm uh, stuck to the 80s or 90s uh you know the the kind of music and no one <laughs> will want to listen to that but uh music has evolved uh over time there's uh so many things that has changed um do you do you do you think that this is kind going, going to be the case in your next album or in the next few years when you're going to drop out an album uh something new that uh you know you've never heard before or mm. yeah like i think for a very long time the 808s and drums have been very much the same 
um, for the last 10, 11 years. So I can see where things may evolve or kind of revert to like live drums, live bass. Um, and that the trap kind of drill um, production, I can see that dying. Um, not, not so soon, but it, I do feel like it's on its way out and we may be going back to um, whether live sampling or live um, band recordings of of mainly mainly bed tracks like drums and bass, um, so that's where I can see music trying to re- revert back to a more natural side mm-hmm. of of things, a natural sounding, um, but not anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we're in a culture where we want everything fast, and that'll be reflected in the music. So even our even the music we create will feel fast. Like it'll feel like what, what I need to be served, what the point of the song is in the first minute. So the song will be quick. The song will be catchy. It'll be punchy. Um, but if we are a culture that, you know, is relaxed, <laughs> then our music will also reflect that as well. So I can see music right now staying the way it is for at least the next several years, maybe a decade, but I can see it, slowly reverting back to a relaxed mellow natural kind yeah. of sound and yeah artists should be prepared for that yeah and i think it's very important to know about that as well as artists uh uh speaking as a non-artist uh i would say uh you know it, it, listeners will always change um and they want something new they want something fresh um, so I think that is going to change um, in the next, uh, let's say, I don't know how many years, but uh, I do see as we change, as technology takes over, uh, technology is t- taking over most of our lives, you know, and everything's really fast paced, um, changing music um, in every way. Um, what, do you think uh, that's going to um change as well bringing technology more into music obviously there technology is heavily incorporated into music but yeah yeah um i can see that happening um it already has happening like we can time align um someone's vocal to be exactly on beat um that yeah i think but technology's goal is to make things easier, but still sound natural. Um, So although technology will continue to advance, I don't think we'll evolve into this like techno digital age, especially in in pop music and hip hop, Um, but it will continue to polish the sound. And I think that's where I can see things transition to a more natural state of things. Yeah. What's your idea uh, on hip hop artists uh, trans- transitioning to uh, Christian artists? Um, What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I, I think when that happens, it is a blessing, um, and we can celebrate it. Like someone recently is like Kanye West because yeah. he um, he makes a lot of secular music. Like when I was in high school, I played gold. When middle school, I played Gold Digger. Gold <laughs> Digger was on that Lockman on my way to school and back. So like, that's all I heard of Kanye. 
And I love that guy. Like Kanye is one of my favorite artists. Um, so when he got saved, I was like, wow, this is amazing. Um, and then he, he dropped uh, Jesus is King. And I'm like, this is amazing. So um, I think we can celebrate um, when anyone comes to Christ. And we also get to um, enjoy when these people create good art for us as well. Um, so yeah, we, we love to see it. And um, just another person that helps make Christian hip hop be easy, e- easily um, welcome to the mass, um, mass, mass majority and, and culture that we're in. So God knows what he's doing and um, he will use anyone and anything uh, to get his message across. Yeah, because uh, there's a few uh, secular artists who have transitioned. Uh, there's namely, yeah, one you did mention uh, was Kanye West. And then there's uh, Justin Bieber um, who transitioned. Yeah. Um, and just getting, you know, their message across what they've been through their life. Um, and uh, just uh, sharing their um their point of view across the audience, uh, which is uh, which which is really inspiring to many many young people out there. Um, tell me, tell me about your uh, favorite performance so far in your career. Yeah, so um, with Middle Child Records, we actually put on our own show called the Friends and Family Tour, um, our friend and family concert. And how come how come I not get a ticket? Was, <laughs> <laughs> it probably was on social media. You would have had to hop on a plane and and come over. Yeah, uh, this was uh, last two years ago, um, and um, what happened was because I work at a church and because we're related to our church uh, pretty closely. Um, they were able to let us rent the building for free. Mm-hmm. And um, we invited our church people. The church also promoted it. Um, we invited our friends who were artists and we put on our own show. So like we shared it to our own fans, made our own show, made our own hip hop playlist um, on Spotify um, and shut it down like that that was one of our favorite shows and it felt like we owned it. Um, We've always been invited to shows or we always been invited to perform a song or, um, you know, feature on someone else's show. But like, this was the first time where we can bring other artists to the show and do our own thing. And it was amazing. A really great night. Yeah. Um, you uh which call what qualities uh phil do you think uh makes a great musician uh do you think uh, there mm. um is there a, you know is there another musician you've trained or mentored with before getting into uh music um not really um I do think what makes a great musician is authenticity. Like you want to be, um, you want to be someone who is 
authentic. Like you don't want to sound like everybody else. And you also want to consistent. You want to be releasing music regularly. You want your sound to be consistent. Um, you want to look stable and, and uh, um, continue to make great art. You want to let people know that you still exist, um, <laughs> which I'm bad at. Like I disappear, um, but you want to let people know that you're easily accessible. Um, also always like perfecting and growing in your craft. Um, yeah, I don't think I have um, trained an artist. Um, I've partnered with artists and kind of gave feedback on their material, um, but I haven't like discipled an, an, an artist and, and an artist hasn't really discipled me. Um, but because of male child records, we, we kind of sharpen, we sharpen each other. Um, yeah. So I think that's as far as, as, you know, I personally done when it comes to, um, being trained and training other, other artists. Yeah. Very interesting. Uh, and I know I've, uh, I've asked you this before. Um, but, uh, I like to repeat myself a lot here. Uh, you've, uh, collaborated with a few other artists, uh, namely, uh, Anthony and Daniel, Anthony Sawyers and Daniel Bailey. Uh, could you tell me a little bit about that? Why did you come with a collab? Yeah. So, um, what, what I kind of shared a little earlier was like, when I feature another artist, you're able to, um, kind of expand your sound you're able to try things new i like featuring artists who are different than me and so anthony in many ways is different than me um so it's always like a light and dark uh kind kind of contrast between anthony and i um and that leads to a new kind of song that i wouldn't have been able to do on my own um i think uh music is is uh enjoyed best with friends. Um, so I really like being able to create with them and invite them onto things that I'm also, also pursuing. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I know, you, I know you're uh, into fashion a lot because I've seen some cool outfits uh, that you wear. Uh, what's uh, what's uh, fashion for you, Phil? So shameless plug to like anyone who's watching. I like Walmart. Like, I buy my t-shirts from Walmart. Like I love the material. It washes well. It fits well. Um, I buy my pants from urban planet. I buy my pants from Adidas. Like I'm a, I love the athletic, um, vibe. Like, um, I don't like jeans. Um, I like sweatpants. Maybe I say that because I'm fat, but like, um, <laughs> I, I just love feeling comfortable and Walmart, Adidas, urban planet. That makes me feel comfortable. Um, I can care less about name brands. <laughs> yeah, me too. But, uh, and and thrifting, like you're able to find some cool things at their shop. So yeah, yeah. Um, you uh, you know, you uh, also like technology a lot. Um, could you tell me a little bit about that? Technology, how how important is technology to yeah, you? Yeah, kind of. Uh, as uh, I I recently bought an Apollo UAD interface. And, uh, you know, that, that, that translates the sound coming from my mic and makes it a million times better than any other interface I've had before. 
Um, so yeah, just being open to, uh, new sounds. Um, I'm able to try new effects, buy new plugins, uh, play around with the tonality of my voice with different EQs and stuff. Um, but not to do anything too crazy because I want to still be consistent. I want a sound to be consistent. Um, that has kind of helped take my music to the next level, um, but still remain affordable and easy to, to create uh, music. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. What advice do you have for young and uh, aspiring musicians? Uh, yeah. Uh, so something that I heard was like, be consistent but you also want to surround yourself with good Christian people. You want to be, you want to have accountability um, because it's easy to be like, love Jesus. I do the, I preach the gospel and I live my life, but then your life is totally different than what your music is portraying. Um, and so having godly friends with you will keep you on track. It'll keep you on on a good and healthy path for you to walk on and, and obey, obey Christ. And you always want to be grounded in, in the truth. Um, yeah. If you don't know what the truth is, you're not going to be making music about it. Um, it's so easy to be swayed by things in this world. Um, so we just want to make sure that we are always hearing from God, learning from God, pursuing him. And music should be the overflow of that. Um, so and taking breaks when you need it because your soul matters more than <laughs> uh, your career. Yeah. There you go. Uh, so for our listeners out there, some golden words by Phil, um, uh, you know, uh, where, uh, Phil, where can our listeners connect with you? And uh, do you have social media or? Yeah. So all my handles are the same. It's Phil Darko hip hop. So you put that at sign, Phil Darko Hip Hop, you'll find me on everything. Um, Spotify, you'll find me at Phil Darko. Um, everything else is Phil Darko Hip Hop. So um, you can expect new music coming uh, soon. We are working, we are planning, we are preparing, uh, but it won't be Heartburn 4. <laughs> but you will see new singles and projects and collab projects uh, with me and my friends. And finally, I'd like to know what's uh, what's next for you. Yeah, so what's next is a group project from Middle Child Records again. Um, a couple years ago in 2017, we did Behind Closed Doors. Um, and so we're working on another project that is also a group project uh, from Middle Child Records. So be on the lookout for that. That's what's next for me. That's awesome. Hey, Phil, I can't thank you enough again uh, for your time. Uh, I appreciate uh, you coming over um, and, uh, you know, spending time uh, with, uh, with the podcast here with me. Um, yeah, I wish you well. And thank you again a lot. Yeah. Thank you, David. Uh, thanks so much for having me. See you again. Yep.